hell is this? What the hell is this? Now what? Kane, I promised you that before this night was over, your life would never be the same. You said this is the happiest you've ever been in your life, huh? Well, unfortunately, some people always can't be that happy. Let me ask you a question, Kane. How happy is Katie Vick? Yeah, that's right. I know, Kane. I know it all. Ten years ago, you killed her. That's right, Kane. You are a murderer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 6 of the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the Ruthless Aggression Era from start to absolute finish. Uh, we're your hosts, um, as always, my name's Dave, and I'm joined by I'm joined by absolutely nobody. Uh, basically, CJ and Mike, um, they're both ill, they're both not very well at all, the, the winter flu, bug virus, whatever you want to call it. It's affecting my co-hosts, my comrades, um, and yeah. So today, with episode six, we're gonna do it. So it's the Raw and Smackdowns, Unforgiven 2002 has just finished. Coming up next is No Mercy. So what we're gonna do is gonna work our way towards No Mercy on Raw and Smackdown. Um, yeah. So it's only just me, and um, I don't know how this is gonna work. It's I don't know if, if you guys, you might get bored of listening just to me for the next hour or so, but we'll see how we get on. Um, obviously, the plan was um, to record this episode with Mike and CJ, but with them being poorly, and we were going to discuss, obviously, Survivor Series has not has happened two weeks ago now. Um, we were going to, obviously, spend maybe the first five, ten minutes discussing Survivor Series, but I'll give you my five-second thought on, on the pay-per-view. Um, obviously, we knew... At, Halfway through, or maybe towards the start, I'd probably say, yeah. I'd say we knew probably towards the start of the pay-per-view that Goldberg was not just wrestling this match he was signing on. So, for me personally, I know they say Survivor Series is top four, uh, the big four pay-per-views, but for me personally, Mania's Mania, but my two always been Rumble and Survivor Series. Uh, so, in my opinion, you're using one of the top two pay-per-views, the main event, and now, let's not forget about the fact that it was a minute and a half how long it was for Goldberg to win. Using the main event of Survivor Series, which has had so many iconic moments over the years, like the screw job and the tournament the following year later for the title. Survivor Series had the Who Ran Austin over. All sorts of stuff. 
but using the main event to push on a storyline for the Royal Rumble. It's it's not Raw, it's not SmackDown, it's fucking Survivor Series. Uh, the whole pay-per-view itself wasn't so bad. Um, I thought, personally, the Goldberg beating Lesnar in 1 minute 34, or whatever it was, was brilliant booking because it made every single person speak about Goldberg and Lesnar the next day. The whole pay-per-view itself, no one really spoke about that. It was all Goldberg and Lesnar. Um, but, yeah, I don't... You don't be using Survivor Series as a push-on to Royal Rumble, which there's, what, 34, 35 pay-per-views now from now on to Royal Rumble? Um, it's... Uh, yeah. But anyway... Let's get straight into it with Raw and SmackDowns. Um, I'm going to do the Raws, then the SmackDowns. So Monday, then Thursday, Monday, then Thursday, all the way up. And let's find out exactly what's going to go on and go down at No Mercy. So it's the first Raw. It's uh, September the 23rd, 2002. Uh, your hosts, as always, are JR and the King. Uh, the opening match, we don't even have a promo or anything. We go straight into a match, which is unbeknown in 2016 Raw. Never mind 2002 Raw. We've got Trish Stratus versus Molly versus Victoria. So a little triple threat match. Absolute slugfest to start. Uh, and Trish has to fight both the girls off. But then she gets slammed by Molly. And then Victoria uh, springboards in with a leg drop. It was a pretty cool spot. Uh, Trish then cradled Victoria for two. Uh, Victoria gets a backslide for two. Uh, the evil gal double team Trish and Molly gets a deluxe handspring. Um, there was a lot of flips. It was for <laughs> for a women's match in this era. There was quite a lot of flips. Um, so the finish of the match, uh, Victoria suplexes Molly and goes up for a moonsault but misses. Uh, Trish recovers and she rolls up Molly for two. Uh, reverse for two, and then Trish gets another try and gets the pin in three minutes sixteen. Um, it was pretty pretty decent, let's be fair, for a women's match in this period of time. So then we cut backstage, and we've got Booker T and Goldust. Uh, <laughs> they're doing a private screening for the other wrestlers, uh, highlighting Bischoff getting the stink face last night. Unforgiven, um, <laughs> absolute hilarity ensues. Uh, Rico sees the hilarity but announces intentions to snitch. Hmm. So Eric Bischoff heads out, um, he's going to have a word with the fans, he looks like he's pretty pissed. Uh, none of his Raw guys helped him last night, he's not happy, it really upsets him. He says he's very sensitive, you know. Uh, he announces that Vince announced that all contracts are now legally binding and there's no more jumping, aside from the one jumper that's gone to dump tonight. Bischoff orders Booker T to the ring, uh, gives him a verbal dressing down. Uh, Booker, try, Booker tries to be the, uh, the comedy guy and tries to make or crack the jokes. Uh, obviously, Bischoff, you know, it's come in, three-minute warning, come out. Uh, Booker fights him off to an extent, and then he uh, succumbs to the beatdown as standard. Uh, Goldust tries to make the save, but he just joins, joins the beatdown party as well. Um, what happened to all, all them guys in the back that were watching the TV with Booker and Goldust? It's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just no more loyalty, is there? There's no loyalty left in the world, man. So we move on to the next match, uh, which is... One of my ultimate... I'm quite glad I'm on my own now because I can have a bit of a rant without the lads kicking in. Um, I used to hate big man, little man matches with a passion. And this one, Big Show versus Jeff Hardy. You've got two contrasting styles. Jeff Hardy cannot ever show how good he is uh, wrestling a guy like the Big Show. And the Big Show is just the stereotypical big man. 
it's I hate these big man versus big man people shit on and people don't like when like Big Show versus Kane and I'm not talking 2016 uh Big Big Show versus Kane now with big man it's I prefer watching that and I want to see Jeff Hardy against Jericho or Jeff Hardy against Rob Van Dam Jeff Hardy against Benoit I want to see Jeff Hardy against a Big Show um anyway end of the match Jeff typical big man little man. Uh, Jeff gets a crossbody, uh, tries to get a crossbody, sorry, but gets caught midair, chokeslammed by a big show. Uh, it gets the win, 3 minutes 35, absolute utter dribble. And then we review the absolute thrilling showdown last week between Tommy Dreamer and Chris Nowinski. They're making this into a thing, people. <laughs> uh, Nowinski joins us via satellite from a classroom. Now, Dean Douglas, anybody? Over at the school. Dreamer suddenly shows up, kicks the crap out of Nowinski, so they are making this into a bit of a storyline. Okay. Uh, JR's in the ring to personally introduce the newest Raw jumper. It's only Randy fucking Orton. Get in. Cowboy's son. But let, we don't like Randy Orton in this period of time, though, let's be fair. Very much like The Rock in 96. Ultimate white meat babyface. Thank Christ Randy Orton uh, didn't keep up this just as much as... Thank Christ that Rocky Maivia didn't stay Rocky Maivia all the way through his career. So we get Randy Orton's debut match on Monday Night Raw. Um, it is against Stephen Richards, of all people. Uh, Orton looks very good with his drop kicks, his arm drags. Um, he flies around the ring. Um, like At the current time, he's, he's finishes the crossbody. He flies around the ring, but you can guarantee that higher above the high brass turned around to Randy and said, uh, you're going to be a main event, son. They ain't using that crossbody. Um, we've touched on it before. Is you don't look at this Randy Orton now and think main eventer at all. You don't even think mid card. So white meat, absolute so white meat. The match itself, overall, um, Steve Richards is not the greatest competitor. He's not the greatest wrestler. He's average. He does his best, um, but it's very dull. Um, finish of the match, Randy Orton, as I touched on earlier. Uh, he finishes with, well, Stevie Richards, uh, he gets the choke of doom in the match and he's got this choke on Randy, Randy for a, a few seconds and the crowd are not happy. They're booing. They are not happy at all. Uh, Randy Orton finishes with the flying body press of smouldering utter doom. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate this shit. Uh, six minutes. Well, six minutes and three seconds to be exact. Um, quite a long time. Quite a long time. And then um, Union Underground, we get a performance. They do the Raw theme live. To cap off the most worthless hour of Raw in absolute ages. We don't know what's going on really, let's be fair. We've had Booker T get his shit kicked out of him by three minute warning. Uh, we've had, we started with a women's match. Nothing, no one's really spoke about Unforgiven last night. Apart from Bischoff being pissed off. Uh, yeah. So then Ric Flair comes out um, looking very, very smug, let's say. Um, he's come out to do a bit of splaining. Um, Triple H told him that it was perfect. And he says Triple H was right. So now he's going to teach Triple H how to style and profile and all the rest. Uh, RVD with tape ribs comes out. Uh, but Triple H attacks him from behind and the beatdown follows. Uh, then Bubba Dudley makes the save and uh, he gets beaten down as well. I sense a tag team match. Meanwhile, Bubba's tired of Triple H because it's not the Triple H show. Oh, it, but it really is, Bubba. It really, really is. And yes, it's a tag team match tonight. We get an IC title match. We get Jericho versus Goldust. Um, it was alright, to be fair. It was it was alright. Um Gold Dust at this period of time is um it, it's difficult now. Looks like him and Booker T maybe not the team they maybe once were. So 
Goldust. He's got all these sort of, I'd say young bucks behind him, but you look at people like Randy Owen, and then if, if you're Goldust now, and where do you see yourself on the card? It's, uh, and he's done well. You can't fault him. The fact that he's still relevant. It's 2016, uh, present day, and he's still relevant. So you cannot fault him at all. Um, the match itself, uh, towards the finish, uh, the curtain call got reversed, but Goldust turned his little his power slam. I fucking love the Goldust power slam. It just gets better and better. Just like Goldust, to be fair, gets better and better with age. Um, it goes for Shattered Dreams, but the ref blocks it, and then uh, Jericho drop kicks him um, and gets the walls of Jericho. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, decent match. Obviously, Jericho gets the win, 6 minutes 38. Which, if we go into the next match of the card, which is for the WWE titles, tag team titles, sorry. Um, we have Lance Storm and Christian, the Un-Americans, me boys, against Kane and the Hurricane, which uh, you're going to see over the next few coming months. Oh, well, weeks to months. I fucking love these two. So, the match itself um, was obviously Kane being very, very dominant. Uh, towards the end, uh, Kane got the hot tag. Um, he's uh, absolutely a hoss of fire. Uh, he goes up and hits the flying clothesline on Storm, uh, but obviously Regal, who's outside um, with Test, they run it, uh, Regal runs in and hits him with the belt. Uh, Storm gets to two. Test and Regal then get tossed as a result of the chicanery, uh, and Hurricane gets a, a Rana on Christian. Then a bit of a heel miscommunication, let's say, results in a double choke slam on the Un-Americans for the one and the two, and my boys have lost the titles. Now, I'm not happy. Now, I imagine if Christian was here now, he'd be quite chuffed because Test tried getting involved and got fucked over. But I love the Americans. And now, yeah, well, the era of the masks has begun because chicks dig masks. Then uh, Kane explains the Hurricane's a freak just like him, thus making him the perfect partner. Meanwhile, the Americans they complain about shoddy officiating, uh, but Regal doesn't want them to sound like whiners, so they'll just regroup. Yes, William Regal. Forget yesterday. Think about tomorrow. And then we cut to the ring. We have Booker T versus Rico. Um, this look it out at the start, sorry. And um, Booker T sidekicks him and pounds away. But Rico kicks him in the corner. That gets a two. Uh, a knee lift, but Booker comes back with a spin kick and a lariat. Rico goes to the eyes, but then gets hit with a sidekick. Spin a Rooney and axe kick finish at two minutes and three. So much for the Rico push, yeah. Three minute warning. Attack again. They don't even need to be called by Bischoff now. They're uncontrollable. Uh, Goldust then makes the save again and succumbs to the beatdown again. So we've basically had the same segment twice in one night. Yes, Raw. On a fucking winner tonight, aren't we? Uh, meanwhile, Bischoff mocks Booker and Goldust uh, and he makes a match against Rosie and Jamal for next week. Uh, so we're actually going to see three minute warning in a tag team match. Uh, good luck, Booker T and Goldust. That's all I'm going to say on tonight's performance. <laughs> fucking good luck. And then we get to Triple H and Ric Flair versus Bubba Ray Dudley and Rob Van Dam. But Rob Van Dam has those mysterious Ken Shamrock-esque internal injuries that can only be dealt with by wrapping the general area in bandages and hoping for the best. The end of the match, um, Van Dam misses a moonsault but spin kicks Triple H and brings Bubba, Bubba back in, sorry. Um, I presume that was the hot tag, but it was a bit hard to tell. Uh, Bubba seems to be cleaning the house, so we'll assume it was. Uh, side slam for Flair gets two. He clotheslines both fields and gets a double flip flop and fly. And the faces do the wasp drop on Flair. Bubba gets the tables. Uh, Flair gets put on one, but Triple H shoves RB RBD off the top rope. Uh, Flair rolls Bubba up for the pin in seven minutes and seven seconds. Uh, match was a bit all over the place, to be fair. Um, Bubba then nearly kills Triple H by trying to power bombing through the table afterwards. 
and Van Dam finishes the table breaking with a top rope leg drop. Um, yeah, at least there was no lesbians. That's the only positive I can take from this Monday Night Raw. At least there was no lesbians. So we're on to the first SmackDown since Unforgiven. It's the 26th of September. Um, standard, you've got Michael Cole and Taz. We get a little highlights package of the uh, HLA segment last night with Stephanie and Rikishi. Um, the pyro hits and Michael Cole welcomes us to SmackDown. Uh, we go straight to the first match. We get Rikishi versus Chavo Guerrero. Uh, footage of Chavo nailing Rikishi with the camera last week. Finishing the match, um, it was, Rikishi wins with a bonsai drop. It was very much like I covered just then in the Raw. It was a big man, little man match. It's, there's only one winner. It's Who... Who anywhere watching that match is think, yeah, Chavo's got a right chance. It's, I don't like him. It annoys me. So Rikishi dances on the top of the ramp. Uh, it's awful match. Awful way. It's first SmackDown. What is it with the, these paper, uh, these Raws and SmackDowns after the pay-per-views? What an awful way to start a match, in my opinion, anyway. Backstage, uh, Tori Wilson. Hello. Uh, she's preparing for a bikini contest. Uh, and also later, we're going to see Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. No disqualification. Edge against Eddie again. I know if CJ was here, he'd be loving this. It's, it's Edge and Eddie again. Taz is in the ring, and he, he introduces the judges for the bikini contest, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> Billy. Yeah, Billy and Chuck. Uh, Taz introduces uh, Tori and Nidia. Uh, Nidia flirts with Billy and Chuck before getting in the ring. Uh, the standard poor music hits, and Nidia is the first to drop a robe. Uh, she's in a plain black bikini. And dances so poorly that it makes Steph Unforgiven look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, Chuck gives her a six. Billy a nine. <laughs> yeah. Fucking lol. Uh, Tori drops a robe to reveal uh, the pink bikini. Looking hot as hell. Uh, Chuck and Billy both give a ten. Uh, Jamie Noble and Tajiri then come down to stand up for Nidia and challenge Billy and Chuck to an impromptu match. All that. Absolutely all that. Just to get to a tag team match. Of Billy and Chuck versus Jamie Noble and Tajira. At least Jamie Noble's getting a bit of airtime in the ring and not in the stupid backstage segment. Uh, but Billy and Chuck get the win. Uh, obviously, they're the, the hottest uh, tag team near enough on SmackDown at the minute in uh, 6 minutes and 32. After the match, uh, Tori and Nidia cat fight for a bit, and Nidia throws a gum at Tori. Uh, Tori holds Nidia while. Uh, <laughs> Billy holds Nidia, sorry, while Tori spanks her. How nice. Later tonight, we get a. Um, Advertisement, so to speak, for Matt Hardy versus Matt Hardy version one versus The Undertaker. And we're back after the commercial break with uh, SmackDown's <laughs> his number one announcer reluctantly knocks on Brock Lesnar's locker room door. Uh, Lesnar comes out and Funaki says that he has a hard hitting question, but he's absolutely shitting himself. Uh, Funaki asks if it's true that Lesnar won't give Undertaker a rematch. Brock says Funaki's the only one with enough guts to ask him to his face. Brock says that he'll answer his question, but not now, later on in the ring. Uh, now, Fanaki is all excited about the scoop. Um, I wonder if he's actually equally excited about the fucking kicking he's going to get when he faces Brock Lesnar in the ring a little bit later. We cut to Steph in her office. Uh, she's freaking out over Rose acquisitions. Curtin comes in to praise her performance on Sunday and asks for a rematch with Benoit, who, uh, who didn't win because he cheated and cheaters never win. <laughs> Steph says she had something different in mind for the main event. And here's Rey Mysterio. Steph makes the uh, main event a triple threat match. Angle asks why. Just because they're in his hometown? Just because he was born there eight years ago? 
<laughs> I love Angle. Angle of this era is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He says that he's going to get the one, two, three tonight. Mysterio says not if he hits the six, one, nine. Fanaki makes his way to the ring with the chair Undertaker hit Lesnar with on Sunday. And Fanaki uh, gets quite the pop, let's say. He does get quite the pop. Um, introduces WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Taz says that he's ashamed that Heyman's from New York, and he says that, that he's the only thing, only bad thing that we have here. Oh, Taz, testify, my brother. Uh, Fanaki shows Brock the chair. Brock tosses it aside, and Fanaki looks all scared. Heyman takes Brock's belt and ducks out the ring. Fanaki attacks, but absolutely gets mullered. Uh, clothesline, leg sweep, pull handle suplex. Then Brock carries Fanaki around for a bit and rams him into some turnbuckles. Uh, overhead belly to belly sends Fanaki clear across the ring. M massive F5. Uh, massive heat. Probably the most heat I've heard Brock Lesnar get from the fans. Probably because Funaki was one of the sort of boys. Where he's like an ex-attitude era boy. And he snacked down. Number one on Anta. It's, uh, yeah. Poor fucking Funaki. Backstage, uh, Dol Marie congratulates Tori on a win. But says maybe one day Tori will decide to have a contestant. Someone with more to offer. Someone like herself. Uh, and then we cut to Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. I don't even want to cover this. I'm glad CJ is not here because he'd be all over this. But this is like the 85th time that I've known Edge and Eddie Guerrero to face each other since we started this whole damn thing. Now, as much as I obviously I, I want to shit over this match, the ending was pretty damn sweet, to be fair. Uh, Edge goes under the ring and pulls out a ladder. Uh, Cole, Edge, Michael Cole calls Edge a master of the ladder. Uh, Edge charges Eddie who ducks and the ref takes a ladder shot. Eddie gets a chair and clobbers Edge. Uh, rolls him back in the ring, chair to the ribs, and Eddie's feeling froggy, baby. Uh, it goes for the frog splash, but Edge moves out of the way. So, Eddie's down. Eddie's down. The ref's down. We have a new ref, Mike Kyoda's now overseeing the festivities. Finish of the match. Comes to the point where they're both on the ladder. Edge, it's the execution from the ladder. <laughs> pretty cool, to be fair. It, uh, pretty cool spot. But, yeah, I've had enough of these two now. Move on. Get more through. Different feuds, please. Begging you. Different feuds. Then we cut to Chris Benoit warming up backstage and here's Mark Lloyd to congratulate him on Sunday and get his thoughts on Angle and Mysterio. Chris Benoit says that Angle doesn't suck. Uh, he's not the only gold medalist in WWE history for nothing. Um, he's one of the toughest, most technically sounded SOBs ever faced and he can't wait to face him tonight. As far as Mysterio, he may have been born in San Diego, but Benoit was born to hurt. Matt Hardy version 1 lectures Shannon Moore in front of video of his victory over The Undertaker from a few weeks back. Um, he says that he's scared the Hurricane off to complete a different show and that he doesn't need Brock Lesnar to beat Undertaker. He walks off and Brock appears in the background. Uh-oh. So we cut to Undertaker versus Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt wants a handshake. Taker gives it and won't let go. He whips Matt to the corner and hits some back. Taker charges, but Matt gets the boots up and chop blocks him. Uh, he pounds away on Matt. Matt Hardy with his leg drop sets up the twist of fate, but Undertaker shoves him off. Choke slam, last ride, cover, good night. Win up by pinfall, Undertaker, in a minute and 45. Um, so much for my hardest push. <laughs> but at least he's going up against the big boys, I suppose. He's like the jobber to the stars. The, the top tier stars of SmackDown is my Hardy. Straight after the match, Lesnar comes out to nail Undertaker with the belt. Uh, Taker blades and then gets nailed again. Um, we've got a bit of blood. A bit of juicing on SmackDown. Uh, during the break, Undertaker's staggering around a bit. Bleeding like an absolute, what did J.I. used to say about the proverbial stuck pig, uh, refuses medical attention. Kurt Angle makes his way down the ramp, Angle on the mic, he says he doesn't understand why it's triple threat and why Mysterio's involved. Mysterio claims to be from San Diego, 
Like that's something to brag about. Cheapy, cheapy, well played angle yet again. He says that Mysterio may be 619, but later tonight he's going to need 911. It's true. It's damn true. So we cut to the main event. We've got Angle, Benoit, Mysterio. Absolute cracking triple threat match. Guys, if you're going to get a chance, if I can find this match like, on YouTube or something, I'll link it to the page. If you don't, if you've got the network, hook it out. Well played, SmackDown. Um, and it, oops, absolute surprise winner, uh, Rey Mysterio. Only eight, 8 minutes 45, so nearly 9 minutes. Um, springboard leg drop by Ray. Only gets a 2 on Benoit. Uh, Mysterio floats out of the angle slam and drop kicks angle out. And then springboard Rana's Benoit for the victory. Very surprising. Um, That's one Smackdown and one Raw. Um, and let's be fair, Smackdown absolutely dicked all over Raw then. Hey guys, I'm Keita. One half of the Keita and Jay presents We Talk NXT podcast. That's a podcast myself and Jay every week discuss NXT. It's a developmental brand by WWE. Head over to Twitter and follow our Twitter page at the WTN Podcast. Every week, we do three stars and a crappy star, so give us your feedback. We appreciate it. Or email us at Show at yahoo.com. One last thing. To subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Player FM, and the Mix. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Or the Undertaker's going to show up in your nightmares. Thank you, guys. Peace out. On to the next Raw. Um, it's September the 30th, 2002, obviously. Eric Bischoff starts us off in the ring um, with big announcements. Um, he says, tonight we're going to have title matches. And at no mercy, it's going to be the IC champion facing the world champion in the final unification match. So since we started doing this podcast, uh, since we started covering the Ruthless Aggression era, we've seen four titles on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, you had the hardcore title. They unified that with the European. And European gets unified with the IC. Um, then obviously the IC is going to get unified with the the World Heavyweight Championship. We got brought in. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. It, I always remember back then. It was always a weird. So you've got like a whole brand where they're going to be fighting for one belt. It's like imagine that in present day since the draft split, and all we've got is the Universal Title on Raw. What does half of the roster do, really? Anyway. Eric Bischoff, he orders uh, Lita out to the ring. He says that she told WWE.com that SmackDown's a better show. Um, it's like backstage politics come to life. Uh, Eric points out that she's basically useless with a broken neck. He gives her a chance to make up for him. Um, she's got three minutes. Rose and Jamal, they come out looking like they're going to kick crap out of Lita. Uh, Jeff Hardy tries to intervene, gets his ass handed to him. Uh, then uh, Goldust and Booker T come out. Same thing's happened. Get their arse handed to him. Um, and then Goldust and Booker T come out. Um, bionic elbows all round. Um, they, they get a bit of advantage over the uh, three-minute warning. So Eric Bischoff's pretty pissed off. He's on right now. So we've got Goldust and Booker T versus three-minute warning. Uh, three-minute warning, get the victory with a big fat Samoan splash of death in six minutes 34. Um, so, yeah, jobbing the hometown heroes in the first match to kill the crowd. Great strategy again by Monday Night Raw. We cut to a backstage segment with Lance Storm and Christian. Uh, they're squabbling about who blew it last week uh, with uh, Regal tries to make the peace. And then we cut to Chris Jericho. He said he's not worried about Kane tonight. And reporter Gregory Helms wants to know, what's up with that? Uh, Terry hits on Kane. Chicks dig the mask. <laughs> so we cut to our uh, next match on the card, which is Lance Storm versus Randy Orton. Lance Storm, one of the best, um, and I think they use him. 
Um, we'll see him from here on out for the next few months. The way they use Lance Storm, it, it's perfect to put over uh, the new fresh talent. Um, and obviously, Orton gets the victory. Storm goes for the half crab, uh, but Orton rolls him up with the tights for the pin in 2 minutes 38. Um, it was short enough not to not to be shit, uh, but it kind of did its job. Christian talks a bit of smack afterwards, and now he wants a piece of Randy Orton. So we go on to a next match of Christian versus Randy Orton. Christian, it, uh, later on in the match, goes for the unprettier, uh, but Orton tries to reverse uh, to his neck breaker sort of move. Um, absolutely fucks it up, but then he repeats the spot for the pin in 2 minutes 44. Awfully done finish. Um, it's one of them where if it goes wrong, think something else. Think on your feet. Uh, so Storm and Christian have moved down the ladder another notch. Uh, from losing to Kane in 10 minutes to losing to Randy Orton in 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Eric Bischoff, um, he thinks he got uh, stuck with the wrong Hardy. Uh, and Jeff better impress him against the Big Show. <sighs> Jeff against Big Show again. Yay. Um, awful, awful big man little match. What I covered when I did Raw at the start of this episode. Um, Jeff gets the win with a count out um, after he knocks Big Show into the crowd in 3 minutes 30. What do you fucking do? Um, I've had enough of uh, Big Show Jeff Hardy matches. Raw, you're, you're not looking great as it is to begin with anyway. And then we cut backstage. Booker T gets in Jericho's face, but Jericho pulls the old I've already got a match trump card and cuts off the can you dig it catchphrase, which is quite funny. Jericho is one of the best. One of the best. Him and Kurt Angle. In this period of time, there's no one funnier that can be serious and can be an ass kicker, but can also be hilarious. But yeah, then we get Triple H versus Bubba Ray Dudley. A few minutes into the match, Triple H puts Bubba into a sleeper hold, but Bubba immediately suplexes out. Uh, German suplex, and everyone's selling like it's half an hour match, and it's four minutes. Uh, Ric Flair gets involved and gets slammed off the top. Uh, the ref's distracted for the Bubba bomb, which gets nothing. Uh, Bubba chases Flair and gets to flip-flop and fly on Triple H, but decides to get the tables rather than do anything useful. Flair's distraction almost results in a pedigree, uh, but Bubba reverses. Um, another pedigree finishes at 7 minutes and 8 seconds, with Triple H getting the victory. Um, the result was never in doubt, let's be fair. Bubba Ray Dudley uh, was never going to get the victory over Triple H. Then we get a women's title match. We have got Trish versus Victoria. Uh, the match itself, um, typical women's match of this period, but at the end it did have a bit of a, a different twist to the ending that we're not used to. Uh, Victoria got uh, a chair shot onto Trish for the DQ in 2 minutes 57. Um, so, yeah, it was... Different, but a bit of a dumb finish, let's be fair. Then we cut to Eric Bischoff backstage. Uh, and he has got the spin the wheel, make the deal roulette wheel. Because next week, Raw is in Vegas for Raw Roulette. Um, all the stipulations, all of the times. Uh, we get a, um, a promo video for Randy Orton. It's very much the Rocky Maivia mindset. They are shoving him down your throats. Um... Are they wasting their time, really, with this babyface push? Because Randy Orton this many times is very bland, and the fans, if anything, they are going to turn on him. They will turn on him. And then we get to a tag team match. We've got William Regal and my boy, Test, against Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. Well, that Triple H feud did wonders for Rob Van Dam, didn't it? Um, yeah. It was one of them tag team matches that was kind of got put together because it was built up for the end. At uh, the end, the uh, Test uh, gets Dreamer into the roll-up for the win at 4 minutes 50, but... Then Christian and Lance Storm, they run down. We've got all the Un-Americans. They're brawling with each other. We have seen, I'd like to think, and it's looking that way, the end of the Un-Americans. Then we get the Intercontinental Championship match. We've got Jericho against Kane. Later on into the match, uh, Ric Flair comes out, allowing Jericho to get a low blow onto Kane. Uh, Kane hits the side slam for two, but Flair puts Jericho's foot onto the ropes. Uh, so Flair's getting very involved here. 
Uh, they go out to the outside of the ring, and Jericho hits the um, the wrapping ring post figure four onto Kane. Uh, Brett should get should sue for royalties. That was Brett Hart. He, he invented that thing. So Triple H joins us. Uh, Jericho gets Kane into the walls of Jericho, but he, um, he absolutely no-sells it and goes after Triple H. Um, he falls victim to the main event spine buster on the floor, uh, and Jericho gets a missile dropkick for two. Uh, the ref's distracted, so it's time for a bit of a chair. Jericho hits the knee, goes back to the walls. Uh, Kane makes the ropes. Uh, Jericho stays on the knee and grabs the chair again, but walks into a big boot, gets chokeslammed, and it's over in 19 minutes 36. So, at no mercy, we have Triple H defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against our new Intercontinental Champion, the Big Red Machine Kane. On to SmackDown. So it's the 3rd of October, uh, 2002. Stephanie opens up SmackDown uh, and informs us tonight, uh, the most popular show in sports entertainment presents Edge versus Kurt Angle. Undertaker versus Matt Hardy in a false count anyway match. Chris Benoit versus Rey Mysterio for the first time ever. And also, we are going to get the start of a tournament for the SmackDown exclusive tag team titles uh, for the winners to be crowned at no mercy. So we cut first match. We've got the tag team tournament. Rikishi and Mark Henry. Oh, that's a beast of a team. <laughs> Against Eddie and Chavo Guerrero. Chavo and Eddie pick up the victory by submission. Uh, when Eddie gets in a, a Cloverleaf-esque lock uh, and Henry taps in 5 minutes 19. So Eddie and Chavo progress. And uh, yet again, just like last week, the Guerrero family, the Guerrero boys, they're impressing so much on SmackDown. And I'm so glad it looks like we're going to be pushing them together as a tag team. Backstage. Tori Wilson introduces Billy and Chuck to her dad, uh, and here comes Dawn Marie to inject uh, herself into the conversation. And she says she's competing against Tori and came over to wish her luck, then uh, then leaves. Mr. Wilson watches Dawn leave. Hmm. Elsewhere backstage, Brock Lesnar's watching himself uh, beat The Undertaker with the belt last week, and Paul Heyman tries to get his attention, saying that he's being forced to give Taker a rematch at no mercy, but Steph won't tell Heyman what stipulation it is. Matt Hardy version 1 appears to put his shirt on, and says it won't be false count anywhere match because that's what they'll be doing tonight. And then we cut again to another backstage segment uh, with Undertaker preparing for his latest stipulation match against the Hardy. Uh, in a few months, he'll be doing two out of three falls with Lita, guaranteed. So we cut into um, after the break, we get Matt Hardy versus the Undertaker. Very entertaining match, absolutely very entertaining. Um, they work their way into the crowd. Um, <laughs> Matt Hardy runs off saying, We'll meet again, Taker. But all the doors are locked when they get backstage. Uh, Taker says, nowhere to hide, boy. Uh, Matt climbs a fenced-off area. Brock comes from behind. F5's The Undertaker right onto some conveniently located bags of popcorn. Uh, Matt comes in and covers for the win. So winner by pinfall, Matt Hardy in 4 minutes 46. It's up and down like a yo-yo. Is Matt Hardy at the minute. Fighting with the, as I said, bit ago, jobber to the superstars. Matt Hardy gets his occasional little win uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, to be fair, that Matt Hardy's he's, he's moved over to SmackDown. He's getting a push, but is he really getting a push? 
I'm going to keep going on about this because I can see it just getting worse and worse for Hardy. And this is the, apart from his 2016 broken Matt Hardy, this is one of the greatest um, gimmicks that Hardy's ever done. And it only gets better. The gimmick, anyway, only gets funnier from here on out. And then we get a fuck in hell. We get a WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. CJ, you're going to be loving this. It's a shame you're not here. Crash Holly's getting a title shot against Jamie Noble. Um, Crash, obviously, at this time period, he's kind of winding down, let's say. We see a lot less of him. Um, obviously, it's a shame that Crash never... Well, I think he found his he found his niche with the hardcore title and he made that title his own. But when once he got rid of that, the Crash had nowhere to go. And, and it proves that we, we're only a month, two months from the hardcore title being destroyed. And I know he's now on SmackDown and going for the Cruiserweight title, but she imagines seeing Crash as the Cruiserweight champion. But anyway, Jamie Noble gets the victory by pinfall in 3 minutes 35. Then we get a backstage segment with Kurt Angle. Um, he's getting interviewed by, by Mark Lloyd. Um, he's saying he's like getting asked if he regrets what he said about Rey Mysterio last week. Angle says he's the best wrestler in the world, and being the best means never having to say you're sorry. Benoit lost last week, not him, because Benoit's ordinary, whereas Angle's like a painting, a work of art. And here's Edge. Edge says uh, Angle doesn't suck, but isn't perfect. Angle says that these shiny gold medals prove that he is. Edge says that the shiny bald head of his proves that he isn't. Uh, Angle says ever since Edge shaved his head. He's been waiting to get him in the ring again. Angle offers to let Edge go first, but Edge defers and gets sucker punched. Then we cut to the break. And as, as we return, we move into Angle versus Edge. Um, we've not seen this before, have we? <sighs> so it's another match with a ref bump. Um, Edge hits the execution, but the ref's down. Low blow, Angle slam. New ref arrives to count two. Angle puts the straps down and grabs the ankle lock. Edge makes the rope quickly. Guillotine by Edge. Back in. Edge goes up to the top. Uh, Angle goes up for a pop-up belly-to-belly suplex. Edge shoves him off, but Angle comes back with a regular suplex and covers. Uh, the referee, Mike Sparks, counts to three, but Mike Kyoto comes in uh, to see both men's shoulders down. He tells Sparks, no go, he raises Edge's hand, and then we go to commercial. Um, and then we come back from the adverts, and the match has been restarted, apparently. Um, Kurt Angle does the rolling German suplex sequence, um, and he gets to three when uh, Chris Benoit saunters down the ramp, staring down Angle. Angle clotheslines Edge down and jaws with Benoit. Then charges, but Edge gets the boots up, goes for a roll-up. Um, Angle rolls through and grabs the ankle lock. Edge powers out, sending Angle out. Angle gets a chair, but Benoit grabs it and nails, with, nails Angle with the chair. Edge then explodes out the corner with a spear, and that's all she wrote. 22 minutes and 8 seconds, Edge wins by pinfall. In the locker room, after the break, we cut to the locker room. Kurt Angle gets stopped from killing Benoit by Albert and John Cena. Uh, Steph comes in and tells them that they've got to start getting along because they're teaming next week in the second round of the tag team tournament. Angle and Chris Benoit is a tag team. They should be good. Uh, and if they don't get along, they're going to get suspended without pay for a year. All right, WWE. All right. Uh, Brock, then, we cut to Brock standing in his locker room with Paul Heyman. He gives him, you're a legend, killer speech. Matt Hardy appears. Uh, he credits his victory, not to an unfortunate twist of fate, but pure matitude. And he says that since Undertaker's hand is injured, he's the default number one contender. He's going to talk to Stephanie about it right now. And Heyman encourages him. Matt walks off and Heyman and Lesnar mock him. <laughs> Billy and Chuck in the tag team tournament up next against uh, Reverend Devon and Deacon Batista. The what? Didn't they split? Uh, uh, the what? Okay then. Um, 
So we cut back from the advertisement break and we realised that the dear commentators have made a bit of an error here. It's actually Billy and Chuck versus Reverend Devon and Farouk. Um, obviously Batista's had plastic surgery and now looks a bit like Ron Simmons. Surprisingly, um, Devon and Farouk get the victory. Um, this is not looking good. I know I said not half an hour ago, I said that Billy and Chuck are probably the best thing going in the tag team division at the minute. They've just been knocked out in the first round. The first round of SmackDown's tag team titles. It wasn't a bad match. He had his moments, but it was just weird. I mean, what does Farouk and Reverend Devon have in common? Why should they suddenly be teaming with each other? If anything, back in the day, when you had the Dudleys and the APA, they used to kick the, kick the living crap out of each other. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, and then we cut to, uh, after the break, we get Tori Wilson versus Dawn Marie. Uh, Dawn Marie, oh, her theme music, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Uh, Tori's in a, a white robe. Dawn's in a black robe. What does this mean? Looks like we're having enough uh, wrestling match, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, if anything. We get a bikini contest, as normal. Uh, Tori Wilson gets the victory. And then it's our main event of the night. We've got the singles match between Rey Mysterio and Chris Benoit. Uh, towards the end of the match, Benoit grabs the crossface uh, too close to the ropes. Ray floats out of a German and drop kicks Benoit down. Springboard leg drop sets up the 619. It hits. West Coast pop misses, uh, but Kurt Angle distracts to give Mysterio the roll-up win. Uh, in bang on 11 minutes, Mysterio gets uh, the pinfall. Then Angle and Benoit go toe-to-toe -to -toe and slug it out. Uh, German by Angle to an ankle lock. Counter to the crossface and Angle, angle taps. Uh, Fit Finley and the refs pull them apart, but Angle fights out and tackles Benoit. Uh, and we fade out to an enraged Chris Benoit. Smackdown goes off the air. So, um, yeah, again, Smackdown. Shitting all over it, aren't they? Let's be fair. They're absolutely shitting all over it at the minute. Great product. They've got the fact... This tag team tournament could be brilliant. Angle and Benoit teaming together. I can't wait for next week. But anyway, back to Raw. So, it's October the 7th, 2002. Um, it's Raw Roulette Night. Uh, Bischoff spins a steel cage match right off the bat. So the opening match is Booker T versus Big Show now. Was it just me or did WWE erect this steel cage quicker than any other steel cage has ever been put up in WWE history? Now, Vince wouldn't gimmick the wheel now, would he? Not at all. It's, it's obviously we don't know what's going to happen every match. Anything could happen. Cracking start. Cracking start. Awful. Absolutely awful. Awful match. Uh, they fight to the top of the cage towards the end. Uh, Booker T goes low on uh, on the big show and he climbs out in eight minutes. So Booker T gets the victory, but then we get a sneak attack by Jericho. Um, obviously, this looks like it could be lead, setting up a match for um, at No Mercy, uh, which is, yes, we've got a couple of weeks, I suppose, to build up a, a bit of a feud for it. But Hopefully Jericho puts Booker over because Booker needs he needs to start building a bit of a solid run as a single competitor if it looks like him and Goldust aren't going to be teaming together for much longer or if any longer at all. So we cut backstage for another spin of the wheel. Um, it's a TLC match as the Hurricane and Kane defend the tag team titles tonight. So we're going to get a TLC match on Monday Night Raw for the tag team titles. Fucking yes. Raw, you're about finally making me take notice. Just about. Triple H gets a, uh, a blindfold match of all matches on the spinning of the wheel. Um, 
I remember I was a big fan of the blindfold match back in, I want to say, WrestleMania 8, 7 or 8. Uh, you had Rick Martel against Jake the Snake. Um, it, obviously, it's gimmicked. Obviously, you can see what they're doing. But I was, I was a nipper back then. I was very young. So like 7, 8, something like that, maybe a bit younger. Um, awesome. Me and, I remember me and my friends tried to copy that all the time. Like getting towels and stuff and having blindfold matches. But obviously they weren't gimmicked and we just used to <laughs> walk into walls and stuff. Then we get a promo video for Batista. Uh, so it looks like his Batista jumped to Monday Night Raw, but didn't they just freeze the contracts two weeks ago? <sighs> Go on, WWE. So our blindfold match, we have Triple H versus D-Lo Brown. Wow. Absolute Wow. Well, at least D-Lo gets the rub of being Triple H's bitch tonight. Um, they stumble around, do some comedy, uh, but Triple H stomps him down. Pedigree's reversed, uh, sky high by D-Lo, but Flair leads Triple H to safety and distracts the ref. Uh, while Triple H unmasks, he hits the pedigree, he gets the pin in two minutes 33. Um, nonsense, really, wasn't it? Let's be fair, but it was... I, I popped seeing D-Lo. Obviously not seeing D-Lo in a long time. Yeah, I was a, I was a fan. But the match, yeah, it it was exactly what was meant to happen. Uh, Triple H got the victory. D-Lo was never going to get the win, but Triple H got the dub. Um, yeah, move on to the card. So we're going to get a Vegas showgirl match. Otherwise, uh, William Regal versus Goldust. Uh, Regal in drag is apparently supposed to be quite funny. Um, perhaps he has the power of the punch, punch hidden in his bra or something like that. But oh, William Regal, I love William Regal. Um... Uh, Goldust, uh, he gets distracted by Lance Storm. Uh, power of the punch from the bra. Uh, finishes at 50 seconds. Dud. Come on, Raw. Supposed to be live in Vegas. Big spin the wheel, make a deal night. What have had so far? A, blind ma a blindfold match, a crap cage match, and a uh, wriggling address. Dear, dear, dear. Uh, meanwhile, Christian snubs the Un-Americans, so it looks like that split that the, what looked like was happening last week is, is going to happen. And he picks Jericho, his partner. Uh, Long-haired Canadians rule. Meanwhile, Bischoff, it's like Russo's spirit is hanging around him. He makes a paddle on a pole match between Stacey and Trish. And then he spins the wheel and adds bra and panty stipulations to it as well. Meanwhile, Bubba needs a partner and he wants Dreamer for it. Spike feels left out. So Bubba lets him be a partner. So, so far for the TLC match, we've got the uh, long-haired Canadians and we've got the uh, the Dudleys to an extent, uh, and obviously Hurricane and Kane. So we get Bra and Panties paddle on the pole match. Ugh, Christ on a bike. Um, he finished in 2 minutes fifth, two minutes 17. Trish got the victory. Um, it was just your standard stripping psychology Bra and Panties match with an added factor of a wooden paddle on the pole. God, these girls must be so proud of what they're doing right now. And obviously, they're probably getting paid very, very well for it, but you can't be proud, can you? You cannot be proud. Uh, meanwhile, we come backstage, and we get the last tag team forming for tonight's main event. Uh, we've got RVD and Jeff Hardy. Fuck yes. Awesome. I remember watching the first time I watched them, which was the Invasion 2001 pay-per-view, when they had the hardcore title match. They just Their styles blend with each other so well, so cracking tag team. So then we get another uh, spin the wheel make a deal match. We have the Las Vegas Street Fight against, with Test against Al Snow. Um, now, Al Snow does his usual little hardcore spot with his bowling ball, and that gets him the victory in 5 minutes 24. And then we cut to uh, It's Legal in Nevada contest with Jerry Lawler versus Stephen Richards. 
Uh, Godfather, who was just on SmackDown for the Billion Chuck wedding a few weeks ago, but then, as the point they're making it up as they go along anyway, it seems like. Um, uh, so, yeah, Godfather comes out, which presumably has something to do with the bizarre strip name, which has something to do probably with the, uh, the stipulation. Uh, the winner gets to take a ride on the whole train. Uh, Richard, <laughs> disgust, that's terrible. Uh, the finish, uh, Richard, he goes for a sunset flip, but uh, King blocks it uh, with a pin for 2 minutes 25. Um, well, obviously Jerry's in heaven now. Uh, the point here eludes me, but there's nothing new for this show. But uh, they've, they've, I know it's only two minutes, two and a half minutes, but what's, what the fuck's going on, Raw? Seriously, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> this is shite. It's, it's hard to sit and watch. It's hard to sit and watch and enjoy it. Now, it's, it, to be fair, the only, uh, well, one of the bright sparks of this uh, event, of this episode of Raw, was the wheel itself. Um, it had some crazy match stipulations that you never know were not gonna, they were never gonna happen. Like there was a, uh, a was it catch the midget or something like that? Oh, you don't know how to tease us, don't you, WWE? <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut backstage and uh, Flair and Triple H interrupt a Kane interview by beating up Hurricane. Uh, so we cut to the um, the tag team titles match. It's TLC, which is pretty damn sick for Monday Night Raw. Um, Christian's entrance is back. Yeah, Christian loved it. Absolutely loved it. Hurricane, um, he appears to be absent, so we start without him. Um, now, my words are not going to do this match any justice. Um, this probably match goes down as one of the most known, iconic... I know it's probably TLTLC, but iconic main events. Um, Kane single-handedly destroyed everybody. Uh, they made him look mega, mega, mega huge. Absolutely mega huge. Um, he retained the tag titles on his own. Uh, Hurricane never made an appearance. Um, but you've got him, guys like Jeff Hardy, you've got Rob Van Dam, you've got Jericho... Big stars, um, and he's comfortably um, destroyed them all single-handedly. They've made Caves look epic. But then, and this, my friends, and I am, I'd love for my my co-host to be here now, because this is where Rose about to take a turn for the um, worse. Triple H immediately interrupts the celebration with the stupidest angle that you're ever going to hear in wrestling and see in wrestling, as he accuses Kane of murdering someone. And that someone that he murdered was Katie Vick. Ten years ago, Raw goes off the air with uh, Kane being accused of being a murderer. So it's the 10th of October Smackdown. Uh, we start off with a bit of um, a video package of the, the Lesnar Undertaker incident from last week. Undertaker's now got broken heart, uh, broken hand. Um, Taker's waiting in the parking lot for Lesnar. Uh, the cast is on in hand and he's, he's saying, no pain, no pain. My Hardy version 1 comes down and gets on the mic. He talks about how things are going great. With two victories over The Undertaker, he says it wasn't a twist of fate that put down Undertaker. Oh no, it was a defining moment of magnitude. He calls for a replay, for those of us unfortunate enough to have missed it. Um, he has the footage so all of us can uh, can live for the moment. They show the shot from last week of the pinfall in the F5. Uh, Matt says that The Undertaker is hiding in the parking lot from another dose of magnitude. But on the Titantron, Undertaker is walking to the ring. Uh, Matt sees it and freaks out the only way that he can. Um, he's saying that he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be a crip, he doesn't want to beat on a crippled man. So Undertaker starts attacking Matt Hardy. Um, they work their way outside. Uh, Undertaker goes for a punch against Matt Hardy, but Matt when he's up against the ring post, Matt Hardy moves. Undertaker obviously with the broken hand because you always got a punch with your broken hand straight into the ring post. Uh, and Matt Hardy retreats. Uh, we cut to uh, the next match on the card, which is Rikishi versus Eddie Guerrero with Chavo. Uh, Eddie gets the victory after Charbo uh, interferes. Um, the referee gets rid of him, but he, uh, Eddie uses the chair and he blasts Rikishi's legs with it and he grabs the uh, the finisher with his cloverleaf-style move. 
Um, is it the, the lasso from El Paso, I believe that they call it? Um, it's the move that he used last week. Uh, backstage, Tori looks through a pile of lingerie and then gets surprised by her dad for the second time in as many weeks. Nothing like getting surprised by your old man when you're going through a pile of lingerie. We cut back to Steph's office. Uh, Angle and Benoit stare each other down uh, with Steph pacing the office. She implores them to listen and get along in the ring tonight to legitimise the new tag division. If the two of them don't get along and decide to go at it, then she'll suspend them without pay. Uh, Angle protests, but Steph reiterates the suspension threat. Angle says that he's thrilled to be part of the tournament, even if his partner is missing a few teeth and brain cells. They get into a game of one-upmanship, uh, which results in neither of them leaving the office. Uh, backstage, we get SmackDown's number one announcer, Funaki, interviewing Rey Mysterio about tagging with Edge tonight against Jamie Noble and Tajiri. Uh, Nidia shows up and they have an exchange in Spanish which seems to result in Mysterio shooting Nidia down. She storms off and runs into Noble. She says they've been punking him out and he's not doing anything about it. They start shouting at each other and security comes by to throw them out. Outside Steph's office, Chavo and Eddie, uh, they talk about how great they are. Then Benoit comes out. Eddie asks if he saw what him and Chavo did to Rikishi. Benoit says, Benoit's not saying anything and Eddie makes fun of him for getting into trouble with the principal. <laughs> Benoit says there's no way he's spending another year at home because of Angle. Uh, Eddie and Chavo tell Benoit about the rumour that Angle's taking a year off to train for the Olympics. They warn, they warn him that Angle might try to take Benoit down with him. Uh, Angle comes out and tries to be all hip and urban, but Eddie and Chavo walk off. Uh, Angle says they were talking about him and Benoit says nothing. Uh, Angle says that if he doesn't say uh, what they're talking about, he'll beat it out of him. Benoit smirks and walk off. So after the break, we get to a tag team tournament match. We've got John Cena and Billy Kidman. Very odd pairing. Very odd pairing, but it's been a while since we've seen Billy Kidman against Angle and Benoit. Uh, Angle and Benoit start off arguing. It's very much the um, the, the flavour of the Seamus Cesaro. Now, I don't know if that's where they kind of got the flavour from, uh, but it's, it's very similar with what you're seeing if you watch present-day wrestling, uh, present-day Monday Night Raw. Seamus and Cesaro originally, when they're one-upmanship, trying to outdo each other, uh, very much like Benoit and Angle. Um, obviously, Benoit and Angle get the victory. Um, this is going to be the start of a quite a long storyline for the next few weeks with these two. So the finish, um, Angle, he uh, gets the Angle slam on Cena. Straps come down, locks in the uh, ankle lock. Benoit comes in, pulls Angle off, locks in the crossface, gets the victory. Backstage, Stephanie comes up to Brock Lesnar uh, and says that Jamie Noble's not returned and Tajiri needs a partner against Edge and Mysterio. So it'll be Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Heyman goes on a funny rant about Brock's in danger from The Undertaker. Uh, Steph bans Taker from ringside and says if he interferes, hell in the cell at no mercy. So we cut to our next match. Um, we've got Billy Gunn with Chuck Palumbo versus Devon with Ron Simmons. So Billy and Chuck are back to their full names uh, with some generic rock music. Um, it's like, hey, look at us. We're not gay. Uh, Farouk is now former WCW world champion Ron Simmons. Yeah, okay then. And Billy gets the victory with the fame asset in 5 minutes 17. Backstage, uh, Chavo's screaming for Benoit to help him. Uh, he finds Benoit and says that Angle jumped him and Eddie from and leads Benoit back to a door and opens it for Benoit, who charges in. There's sounds of a scuffle as Chavo holds the door shut. Eddie comes out with a dented chair. Chavo asks if Eddie got the job done. Eddie laughs and says that Kurt Angle got the job done. So the Guerrero's doing something evil. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. And then we get Tory Wilson versus Dawn Marie again. Uh, Tory wins uh, and wears white because she's good. Dawn Marie wears black because she's bad. Outside the women's locker room, uh, Dawn shows Tory's dad the WWE Divas undressed magazine and gives him the key card to her hotel room. 
dirty bitch. So then we get a tag team tournament match. Um, it's the main event of the evening. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman and Tajiri against Rey Mysterio and Edge. Now, I was very surprised by this. Brock Lesnar actually, he actually wrestled the whole match. So Edge and Rey Mysterio actually got the victory, which surprised me, to be fair. The fact that Brock Lesnar wrestled the whole match and there was no interference until the end. Well, if you want to call it interference. Um, slingshot dropkick by Rey, uh, then a double dropkick to Brock. Uh, 619 to Brock and then a spear to Tajiri. Uh, winners and advancing to the next round of the tournament, Edge and Rey Mysterio by pinfall in seven minutes uh, after the match. Brock, belly-to-belly -belly suplexes, Edge, uh, and F5s, the cruiserweights. But here's The Undertaker to nail him with the cast. And Brock retweet, uh, retreats, sorry, as SmackDown goes off the air. Now, there's one major storyline running throughout this SmackDown that I've not covered, and I ref I've refused to cover. Um, it's up to you if you want to go and check it out on the network. Um, there's a mistress storyline with The Undertaker. Uh, you're building The Undertaker against Brock Lesnar in Hell in a Cell and use this as a build-up. Basically, Undertaker's having a has got a mistress... He's still with Sarah or Sarah, whatever she's called at the time. Brock Lesnar gets involved. Absolute joke. But ignoring that, cracking episode of SmackDown. So it's the last row before No Mercy. is the 14th of October 2002. We are live from Montreal, Canada. Opening match is for the World Tag Team Championships. Uh, so we've got Hurricane and Kane against uh, Christian and Chris Jericho. Uh, Booker T interferes before the match starts. Punks out Jericho, uh, leaving just Christian. Uh, leaving just Christian on his own. Hurricane gets a Shining Wizard for two. Absolutely adore that move. Hurricane could always pull it off um, and pull it off to perfection. The finish of the match, um, Hurricane gets a Cradle for two, but then Jericho reverses it for the completely clean pin and the titles in six minutes, 50 seconds. So yet again, we have new tag team champions on Monday Night Raw with Christian and Chris Jericho, the long-haired Canadians. Um, so obviously Kane, he's going to be moving away, you imagine now from Hurricane because um, he's a murderer. So we get backstage with Jericho um, and Christian. They get put into a tag team match with Goldust and Booker T at the pay-per-view. Next match on the card is Al Snow against Lance Storm. Regal joins us later on in the match uh, at ringside. Snow gets the headbutts and a suplex and he's on fire. Well, maybe he's smouldering a little bit, let's say. Um, he stops to chase Regal, but Storm rolls through a body press for two. Regal trips Snow up and gives Storm the power of the punch, but Snow knocks them away, only to get Storm kicked in 3 minutes 06. Meanwhile, uh, Bischoff, he meets with Spike, Jeff and Rob Van Dam. Uh, we get highlights of TLC from last week. Jeff and Spike basically serve no purpose in the skit. Um, Bischoff gives RBD a match with Flair, which is pretty much out of nowhere after forgetting about the issue for weeks after Unforgiven. Uh, Bischoff makes a Canadian lumberjack match between RBD and Triple H tonight. So uh, you give away the rematch for the title in order to set up a meaningless mid-card match at the pay-per-view. Meanwhile, Triple H and his wacky sidekick Ric Flair ponder the implications of the Canadian lumberjack match and they do some plotting. Triple H decides to spill the beans on Kane if he won't confess. So next up is uh, Jeff Hardy versus Rico. Oh, um, Rico's push, it's just not. Jeff Hardy gets the victory in 3 minutes 13 with the Swanton. Um, Jeff Hardy seems to be stuck now, I think. Where does where does Jeff go? Um, obviously, they're going to be unifi unifying the titles um, at no mercy. So there's only going to be one singles belt. He's, can Jeff force his way into the main event picture? He deserves it, but can he? That's the question. Meanwhile, Kane is all riled up. Uh, Terry, uh, she interviews him. Uh, well, she advises Kane to face his demons and his problems in public. Then Kane comes out for the um, the soap opera portion of the show. Uh, Katie Vick is indeed dead, but he didn't kill her. They were friends 10 years ago when Kane was first wrestling, which makes absolutely no sense in storyline terms because he didn't debut until 97. It's now 2002, but <laughs> fuck him. 
fuck you, that's what Vince McMahon's thinking. Uh, Kane tells a touching story about driving her home one night and not being familiar with the uh, gear stick um, and thus getting into a car accident and breaking his arm. The crowd is so moved that they chant what during the dramatic pauses. <laughs> Go on, fans. Uh, he says he was sorry to her parents, uh, even though he didn't learn to speak until 1999. Uh, the, the crowd completely turned on this nonsense, uh, and Triple H accuses. Uh, and Triple H interrupts and accuses Kane of driving drunk. Uh, so is he Kane, half-brother of The Undertaker, or Glenn Jacobs, a guy playing a... And the autopsy revealed that Kane was banging Katie at the time. So the question there is whether Kane's a rapist or a necrophiliac. Um, but I thought Tory took his virginity in 1999. Fucking Christ. It's not only... It's, I remember it happening. I remember this happening back then. Um, but you think about it properly now and... Fuck me. How thick do they honestly believe that we are? I don't kids watch this. Come on. You, you've got a storyline. You've got a biggest guy in wrestling at the minute. Triple H. And his major storyline going into the next pay-per-view is accusing his opponent who he's having a match against to unify some belts of having sex with a dead body. The fuck is wrong with you, WWE? The fuck's wrong with you? About time. Come on, Kane. Tell us the truth. Katie Vick was a friend of mine. And Katie Vick is dead. But I didn't kill her. It was an accident. And I am not a murderer. See, Katie and I were friends about 10 years ago, back when I first started wrestling. In fact, she came to my first match and she was probably the only one that cared when I was getting beat up. I cared about her too. One night, Katie and I, uh, we went to a party and Katie, had too much to drink. So I decided that I should drive her home. I wasn't real familiar with the stick shift, but Katie insisted that we take her car. Uh, it was dark. The road was slick because it was raining and uh, animal jumped Jumped right out in front of us, and uh, I swerved, swerved to uh, to avoid it, and the car spun out of control, went off the road, and uh, I broke my arm. But Katie was uh, Katie was killed instantly. But it was an accident. So next up is a tag team match of Mo a women's tag team match, Molly and Victoria versus Trish and Jackie. Fucking Jackie, not seen her for a while, not seen her for a long time at all. Stacy Keebler is your special guest referee for this match. Terrible finish to the match. Uh, Trish gets dumped by Victoria in the brawl as Jackie gets a spin kick on Molly for one, and Stacy injures her shoulder and can't count. Molly rolls her up and gets shoved into Stacy in a ridiculously terrible spot. And another ref runs in to count the pin on Molly in 3 minutes 35. Um, why abstain? Is that just for this? Oh. They come at, why can't they think of anything to do with all these women apart from whack them in bikinis or put them in pointless matches? 
all we've seen on Raw for the last weeks and weeks and weeks of women being involved in intergender matches, um, pointless tag team matches, and bikini contests. It's it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. When you've got people like Trish Stratus who can wrestle, Victoria, brilliant wrestler, Molly Holly can wrestle, Jacqueline can wrestle. I didn't even know she was still around. One on one, get these in proper feuds. They could have done something. They missed a trick. They seriously missed a trick. Bischoff then comes out to assure us that necrophiliac rapist or not, Kane will be at no mercy to compete for the uh, unified, well, to compete for the world title, unify the IT title. Bischoff then brings out Pat Patterson to celebrate the history of the IT title. Uh, Pat Patterson then speaks in French, but Bischoff asked him to speak English. So they have a little bit of a video package going through the history of the IC title. Um, it comes to the point where you know what's happening. Patterson's going to get three minutes, and he does. Rosie and Jamal come out. Then <laughs> General Briscoe makes the save. Now, I hope to Christ that we're not going to see a No Mercy a tag team match with the, uh, the dream team of Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson taking on three-minute warning. Please, I don't want to be seeing that at No Mercy. This is absolute hideous, declares JR. Um, Big Show, who's apparently a babyface now, makes the save, along with D'Lo Brown. That's uh, reaching a new level of low. D'Lo Brown being the second man coming out to make the save. Um, meanwhile, Al Snow and Chris Nowinski reminisce about Tough Enough, but Nowinski gives him no love. Then we got Nowinski versus Tommy Dreamer, so it's the blow off of the uh, after the classroom. Later on into the match, Al Snow comes out, um, and towards the end, he prevents Tommy Dreamer from getting the cane, um, allowing Nowinski to slam him for the pin in two minutes 41. Uh, it's quite a sloppy match, quite bad. Um, but obviously, are they going to now be uh, Al Snow and Chris Nowinski? Are we going to see something? Obviously, they had the thing and tough enough. Al Snow was one of the trainers, Nowinski was one of the uh, contestants. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's something. To give Al Snow to do, um, if this is what they choose to do. Uh, but also Nowinski, it looks like he don't want to rape Molly Ali anymore, which is a good thing. So then we get a Triple H interview, uh, where he's saying he's only trying to give the facts about Kane. Um, and it looks like we are going to... Um, we are going to hear the truth, let's say. A bit later on in the card, is Kane really a murderer? Randy Orton then comes out to announce that he's tore his shoulder last week. Um, and he's, he'll be back in three months, uh, which is brilliant. It's... It's horrific. Well, you like to say horrific. It's, it's horrible for Randy because obviously Randy's got an injury in such an early career on Raw. But from what I gather, it was a legitimate injury as well. But as you'll see in three months' time, people, best thing that ever happened or it was going to go down the Rocky Maivia route. I honestly do believe that. They even post an email address that you can wish Randy Orton well. It's getwellrandy at www.com. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Dear. I'd love to see what the traffic were to that email account. Let's see how many emails they actually got in 2002. We get a false count anywhere match between Booker T and Big Show. Um, we've seen these again. It's Big Show. They're not doing anything with him. They just keep plotting him every week. He's had Jeff Hardy. Now he's got Booker T. Uh, he came out to make the save with three-minute warning. Have they got any idea of what they're actually doing with Big Show at the minute? Big Show goes on to get the victory after Jericho interferes, uh, laying out Booker with the chair for the pin in five minutes and 20. Um, obviously Jericho, obviously building onto the tag team match that we're going to see at No Mercy. Uh, the match itself, it, before you know it, they're backstage. Uh, Jericho gets involved. Uh, he lays out Booker with a chair. Um, obviously Big Show gets the win in 5 minutes 20. Uh, the usual hardcore stuff that you'd expect in one of these sort of matches. Um, Jericho, he gets minor points for hitting on a towel-clad Trish. Uh, but not enough to pull this show out of the dregs. Um, Raw, it's the last Raw before a pay-per-view. And it's, it's going the same way that it has been for the last few weeks. Meanwhile, uh, Triple H and Flair, they lock the babyface Lumberjacks in the locker room with the forklift truck in front of the door stick. Uh, we've not seen that for a while. 
Triple H actually did the same thing to Vince McMahon in September 99, uh, showing that he should ask Santa for Christmas for a new evil plan. So we cut to the Canadian Lumberjack match, which is our main event of this last episode of Raw Before No Mercy. Uh, Triple H versus Rob Van Dam. All the heels around the ring. So the match is exactly what you'd expect. Obviously, we've only having the heel Lumberjacks around the ring. Um, Triple H is in control for the majority of the match. But then Booker T appears, and he brings the babyface Lumberjacks out for reinforcements, and everyone brawls outside. Uh, Rob Van Dam gets a missile dropkick and a frog splash, but there's no ref. Um, and Flair, to the shock of everyone... <laughs> Hits Rob with the belt, and Triple H gets the pin in 10 minutes 35. Kiss your main event, aspirations go by Rob. The match sucked. And then Kane makes a dramatic comeback. Who would expect a babyface uh, to appear uh, after they've uh, mentioned a million times that he's left the building? Yeah, don't happen that, does it ever? No. And he chokeslams everyone uh, back to Jobberville. This goes on and on and on and on and on as Kane no-sells everything. <laughs> and JR really has an heart attack. Kane's back. Um, when did he leave? Um, so Raw goes off the air Kane standing strong um, Leading into No Mercy I still do not fancy his chances At all This is the Triple H show Anyway that was the Raw So Raw's done Up next No Mercy But before that we have one final Smackdown Hey guys this is Jay One half of the Keita and Jay show Keita and I are a podcast that discuss professional wrestling Sports, movies, entertainment And whatever else we can come up with Check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes because anything else will be uncivilized. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keita and J Show, also on Instagram. If you're on Facebook, check us out on our group page, Keita and J Underground Wrestling Movie Family. Peace out. We open with footage um, from the mistress taker angle with Heyman and Brock and the soft porn actress from last week. <sighs> like I said, I'm not going to cover it. I've I've told you about it, and that's I weren't even going to get that far. <laughs> Stupid angle. You've got epic Hell in the Cell match. Brock Lesnar and Taker. They could have made this an absolute blood feud, but no, Undertaker having an affair. Fucking soap opera. Michael Cole welcomes us to SmackDown. We're three days away from No Mercy. And tonight we get the semi-finals of the tag team tournament. Not to mention Jamie Noble versus Nidia. <laughs> Fuck yes. Straight away, SmackDown's won me over again this week. Uh, so semi-finals, uh, we've got Edge and Mysterio against Devon and Ron Simmons. Um, we're in Canada. Edge gets a huge, huge hometown boy pop. Uh, they show the brackets for the tournament while Devon and uh, Simmons make their way to the ring. Edge and Mysterio, they get the victory over the veterans uh, and they had advanced to the final of the tag team tournament. Um, they finished the match with uh, Edge, hit the execution onto Devon Dudley um, or Reverend Devon or whatever the fuck he's going by at the minute. I think it might just be Devon. Uh, yeah, it's just Devon. I don't want no surname. I ain't no priest. But now what do they do? What do him and Ron Simmons do now? They're out of the tag team tournament. Their quest for gold is over. After the match, uh, Eddie and Charvo run down and beat the hell out of Edge and Mysterio. Eddie hits the frog splash on Edge. Uh, Eddie's got quite the shiner there on his eye. I don't know where that's come from. It's caught it in the ring or quite the black eye. Backstage, SmackDown's number one announcer, Fanaki, interviews Tajiri about refing Noble and Nidia. Uh, Tajiri babbles in Japanese. Nidia and Noble show up and make a lot of rough sex jokes that result in Nidia slapping Noble and being separated by Fanaki and Tajiri. Fucking hell. Again, you've got talent like Tajiri and Jamie Noble. 
it's and you've got this. Granted, I know they like it's soap opera again. WWE, you're so fucking soap opera at the minute. In the ring, Jamie Noble is yelling for Nidia to come out. So it's uh, Jamie Noble versus Nidia with Tajiri as the guest referee. Uh, Noble shoves her down but gets low blowed. Nidia pounds away and jumps on uh, Noble's back for the sleeper. Noble flips her off his back and begs her to stop. Tries to help her up but gets small package for two. Noble spears her and looks to go for some mounted punches but stops himself and asks her to stop again. Uh, Nidia rolls him up for two. It's a drop kick, rakes the eyes. Um, Jamie Noble telegraphs a, a whip and gets kicked in the face. He picks her up on his shoulders and he tries to leave, but Nidia goes for a sunset flip. Noble sits down, hooks her legs for the pin, one, two, three. So Jamie Noble gets the victory in one minute and 55. Uh, Nidia then slaps Tajiri when he tries to help her. Tajiri goes to attack, but Noble beats the hell out of him and it's the trailer bomb. Uh, Nidia and Noble then make up. So it looks like going into No Mercy, are we gonna, they've not said anything, but are we potentially gonna have Jamie Noble versus Tajiri? And then we get an interview segment with uh, Michael Cole and Taz interviewing Undertaker from the locker room. Taker says he's been a lot of things, but never a liar. Uh, and when he gets accused of being accused by the mistress, rah de 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 Undertaker basically discusses his mistress in a bit more detail. Um, how he lied to his wife and didn't mean to, and then he weren't expecting to ever see her again. And Brock Lesnar and Heyman digging her up has made his life hell. But it's nothing compared to what he's going to do a hell in the cell to Brock Lesnar. Meanwhile, um, Eddie and Charbo go into their locker room and turn the lights on to find Benoit standing there waiting for them. Benoit just stares at them and Eddie gets all defensive, saying he wasn't the one who jumped him last week. Eddie is hurt, saying they're familiar. They came over from WCW together, from Raw together. They travel together. When Eddie was going through his personal issues, Benoit gave him a shoulder to cry on. Eddie gets all weepy, but Benoit moves away. Eddie says Benoit is hurting his feelings and flips out. Challenging Benoit to a fight. Chava tells Eddie not to lower himself to Benoit's level and helps him leave, saying, Shame on you, Chris Benoit. He's like a brother to you. Benoit just watches them walk off. <laughs> Guerreros are hilarious. Brilliant. That was It, it was a brilliant segment. Um, again, the comedy with the Guerreros is outstanding. Uh, and it's just going to get better from here on out. This is only early stages. Buckle up, people. The Guerreros are about to run SmackDown. Then we cut to the next match of the night, which is Billy Kidman versus John Cena. So the two were tag team partners last week. It's like the anti-Devon and Farouk. <laughs> uh, but much, much whiter, much whiter. Uh, earlier tonight, uh, Cena cut a heel promo saying that Kidman better get used to losing. I'm going to get you. I'm John Cena. So we're starting to see fuck all from John Cena. It was a bland heel, generic, he didn't write it promo. Uh, John Cena ends up getting the victory after Kidman sets up for the shooting star, but uh, Cena pull, pulls him down from the rope, backslide uh, with the ropes by Cena uh, to end it in 5 minutes and 34. So Cena using the ropes, the dirty bastard. And then we go backstage, and we've got the Undertaker's mistress, uh, Tracy, they call her, Brock and Eamon, they barge in Stephanie's office. Uh, Tracy says that her relationship with Undertaker hasn't been over for years. In fact, they slept together 10 days ago. Fucking hell. Get him on, Jeremy Kyle. Get him on, Jeremy Kyle. Stephanie throws the mistress out of the building. Eamon appeals to Stephanie about how Brock and Matt Hardy are the future and that The Undertaker is the past and shouldn't be allowed to wear the cast in the cell on Sunday. Stephanie says she'll decide later and tells Brock to get ready for his match against Chuck Palumbo. Oh, Chuck, you're going to get your ass kicked, son. Ass kicked. Uh, later tonight, we're also going to get Rikishi and Tori Wilson versus Matt Hardy and Dawn Marie. So SmackDown are finally getting their intergender matches. God, they love doing fuck all with the Divas in this period of time. Um, 
So then we get to Brock Lesnar versus Chuck Palumbo. One thing I do love about Brock in this time period, um, if you look at him against someone like Chuck Palumbo, he's quite a built guy, but the Rock can throw him around. But Brock can throw him around with ease. Um, he looks brilliant. It's not the modern-day Brock Lesnar, as we've discussed numerous times. Um, it's not the Brock Lesnar that's just German suplex, German suplex. You actually get moves on Brock, and you, he actually knows how to tell a bit of a story in a match. And Obviously, Brock gets the victory with the F5. Um, good night, Chuck. So Brock gets the victory with the F5. Um, it, there was never no... No doubt about it. Chuck Palumbo, there's no way he was going to get the uh, surprise victory over Brock Lesnar. And then Undertaker appears out of nowhere and nails Brock with a big boot. Stomps an absolute mud hole, then nails him with the cast. He nails the refs and the backstage crew. Uh, Brock retreats, blooded. Heyman screams, you're bleeding, Brock, you're bleeding. Then we cut to the commercial break, and as we get back, we see Tori Wilson stretching backstage, and she notices the dad again. He says that he couldn't miss Tori's match tonight. Tori warns him about Dor Marie, but Al gives her flowers. Aw, oh, bless. I'm like, Dad, fuck off. I'm trying to work. Do you know what I mean? Your dad's just coming into work. Fuck off, Dad, go home. Go and watch it on telly. And then we get our intergender match. Domery and Matt Hardy against Rikishi and Tori Wilson. Typical, standard, generic intergender match. Matt Hardy and Domery get the victory in 3 minutes 55. Uh, Tori then low blows Matt and slaps Domery after the match. Rikishi goes for the sting face, but Tori goes, no, I'll do it. And Matt's got a big smile on his face. And then Rikishi, no, he doesn't. He does it anyway. Um... Yeah, it was funny as standard generic in the gender matches. The, the fans, it gets a little pop from the fans, doesn't it, I suppose. Uh, with some, with, especially Rikishi, where's he's another one. Rikishi's Smackdown's big show. Um, he's just appearing here, there and everywhere against everybody without any actual clear direction. So Michael Cole and Taz run down the card for Sunday. Uh, we've got the world title IC unification match, Triple H and Kane. We've got the finals of the Smackdown tag team title tournament. We've got Trish Stratus versus Victoria for the women's title. RVD versus Flair. Booker T and Goldust versus Christian and Chris Jericho for the Raw Tag Titles, Tori Wilson um, against Dor Marie, Brock against Undertaker in Hell in a Cell for the WWE title. So, decent card. We've took a, just a lot of work to get there, and some pointless shit's happened in the last few weeks, but we've got there. We've, we've got there. Backstage, Benoit stares at Angle. Angle thinks it's because he's jealous of Angle's gold medals. Angle then realises because of the attack last week, which Angle insists he wasn't involved in. Uh, Angle says he doesn't want to get suspended for a year because he doesn't know he doesn't know what he's doing himself since he doesn't need a full year to train for the Olympics. It's true. It's true. Tony Wilson's backstage looking for a dad. Uh, she goes into woman's locker room. Uh, <laughs> Al Wilson's in the shower with Dom Marie. The fucking dirty old man. Dirty old man. But he's fully dressed, which makes it even a bit more peculiar. A bit more peculiar. Is he just a pervert? Is that all it is? So, we have the uh, semi-finals of the tag team tournament uh, with Kurt Angle and Benoit against Eddie and Chavo. Uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio attack the Guerreros before the match. Then Angle and Benoit get involved, beating the snot out of Edge and Mysterio. Uh, Angle gets speared and Benoit takes a 6-1-9. This was an absolute brilliant match. Um, great tag team. This is what SmackDown is about in this era. You're looking at Chavo, Eddie, Benoit, Angle. Four top, top guys. Chavo Guerrero is so underrated. And this match, is it, it proves that, obviously, it's in the blood. They're Guerreros, they're family. They're actual real-life family, um, uncle and nephew. But the styles and the, the the fluidity of how Chavo wrestles is so much like Eddie, and it blends so well with Angle and Benoit. Um, towards the end of the match, Eddie shoves Angle into Benoit, and we have another ref bump. Um, they love ref bumps in this era. Eddie grabs the lasso from El Paso, which Angle counters into the ankle lock. Uh, Guerrero taps, but there's no ref. Uh, Chavo gets the chair, but Benoit takes it away. Angle sees the chair, breaks the ankle lock. Then Benoit waffles Chavo and Eddie. 
Angle Slam puts Eddie Guerrero away as the ref comes to, and winners advancing to the title match at No Mercy is Benoit and Kurt Angle in 10 minutes and 40. Uh, Benoit and Angle look surpri surprisingly pleased with each other after the match. Could it work? Is it Like I said earlier, it's the uh, Cesaro Sheamus thing we're seeing at the minute, uh, especially last week's Raw, um, where they was in the pub kicking the crap out of all the locals. Uh, it's certainly a match I'm looking forward to at uh, No Mercy. Probably the apart from the Cell match, because I do believe it, they're going to kick the crap out of each other. Um, I'm looking forward to the tag match for the SmackDown tag titles. It's going to be a very very good one. Stephanie McMahon comes to the ring. She calls WWE champion Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman out. She then mentions that the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar kind of shits himself and looks to the ramp. Uh, Stephanie uh, deliberates over whether to let the Undertaker wear the cast. Taker has blooded Matt Hardy and Brock Lesnar, therefore since Hell in the Cell is anything goes kind of match, Taker can wear the cast. Uh, Brock gets all up in Stephanie's grill, the Undertaker charges and gets spine busted, uh, Brock stomps on the hand, uh, even Heyman gets a shot in. Uh, the serious heat for Brock, Undertaker takes Heyman down and hits him with the cast, uh, Brock takes a cast shot too, Heyman bleeds as Brock retreats. So Undertaker gets to wear the cast in Hell in the Cell, um, are they taking away... The fact that it is Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker in Hell in a Cell, the fact putting it all focusing around this cast, and it's all the fact they can't use it or can't use it. Like, it's a storyline they've used so many times in wrestling. Um, like, Triple H and The Rock had a feud over the cast. Owen Hart had this cast. Obviously, Randy Orton's dad, for years and years and years, was known for this cast. Um, but it's Hell in the Cell. It's Hell in the Cell, and it's Brock Lesnar, and it's Undertaker. And they're using a cast as their bit. They're not just using a cast, they're using the fact that Undertaker had an affair is the basis of the storyline. They could have just said it's Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker, Hell in the Cell, and they don't need to be on TV for three weeks and people would still lose their shit. On that note, people, I'm going to love you and leave you. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this all on my Todd. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously, next time, next episode will be the No Mercy pay-per-view, which I'm sure Mike and CJ will be back fighting fit for. And um, as always... Thank you ever so much, guys, for every single one of you that's listening, that's taking the time out to comment on anything we put on social media, to retweet, to share, to like, to comment. To... Absolutely love it. We absolutely adore every single one of you. Um, we love doing this, and we hope that you love listening to us do this. Uh, guys, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes. Simply search for RA Era Podcast, and you will find us. Um, until next time, I've been Dave with nobody else. And we've loved it. Peace out, people. Who in the hell are you? I'm John Cena. John Cena, huh? Will you tell me, what is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here